0: Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! Thank you, Jesus. We're going to... We'll be starting a new series today, a new series called The Body. Somebody say The Body. body. I don't know if you knew this, but we are the body of Christ. Amen. If you have, you know, together, every believer in Jesus Christ is a part of a grand collective called the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And, you know, with the series, you know, my hopes are for all of us to relearn the parts of the body of Christ to relearn it but then also as we relearn we're going to relearn not just for educational reasons but but so we can become aware of God's plans to perfect us for the work of serving others that we become aware of how he edifies and equips us the purpose of us doing this sermon series is so two things we can relearn we can relearn how he uh how how he uh he perfects us for the work of serving others how he perfects us for the work of serving others and then number 2 so we can become more aware of how he who, how he edifies and equips us amen edifies and equips us so why do we need this series so we can see him rightly that's the main answer so we can see him rightly because see if you see him right if we believe right if we see God right we'll believe God rightly if we see God right we'll believe right if we believe right we'll walk right if we walk right we'll be like what Paul said in Romans chapter 6 verse 11 we won't be ignorant to the devices of the devil amen That's one. That's a powerful scripture. I encourage you if you if you don't have it memorized, you need to look it up, put it on a sticky note and say it every day. I am no longer ignorant to the devices of Satan. I am no longer ignorant to the devices of the devil. The devil cannot trick me. feel like I feel like Elaine Homer. The devil cannot trick me. The devil is not smarter than I am. My insecurities are not smarter. My past is not smarter than me. My worst day is not smarter than me. We are not ignorant to the devices of Satan. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this series, so we can see God rightly. So we can see him rightly. And guess what? If you're, if you're not ignorant to the devices of Satan, then you are not believing the lies about God and about yourself. And if you're not believing the lies about God and if you're not believing the lies about yourself, then that means that you're not surrendering your heart to worry or fear. John 14, 1. If we're not believing God, if we're not believing lies about ourselves, and we're not believing lies about God, then we're not surrendering our hearts to fear. Amen. Amen. We're not surrendering our hearts to worry. But also, if we're not if we're seeing God rightly, then guess what? We're not carrying pressure that we never were meant to carry. If you see God rightly, then guess what? All the pressures that try to attach themselves, they just like butter, just roll right off. Just roll right off. Amen? Amen. Somebody say the body. Hallelujah, we are the body. If you have a Bible, we're in Ephesians chapter 4. We are the body. I had to, it was in my head. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and then we'll skip down to 11 through 13. We're going to be in the Passion. We'll flip around between the Passion and the New Living uh, Translation this morning. Now, because this is the very first installment in this series, that means there's going to be a lot of scripture. But I encourage you to take notes. If not, I can print you off a copy of the notes. Um, But Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says this in verse one, he says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk wholly in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. Verse two, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. I love this. I read this. I read this to Kelsey the other day because there was something that happened that I was just, and then I was like, you know what? I, I need to just. Let me just go ahead and dig into the sermon and start prepping. And I get to this verse right here. Verse 2, I'm going to say it again. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially those who may try your patience. All right, we all smiling because that's us in the room. When somebody tries your patience, remember, Jesus commissioned Paul. God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus commissioned Paul to commission you to show them tenderness and gentleness. Oh, trust me, I want to put that gentle touch, you know. I, I can finesse a fist, but, you know, he didn't say that. He says, express love through gentleness toward one another, even those that try your patience. Verse 3, be faithful to guard and sweet, guard the, I love this, be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. There's a, the Holy Spirit, that, that sweet harmony that lives within you. Guard it, Amen. Don't let anything try to separate you from that. Lindsay, I thought nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's right. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, but the devil loves to make it feel like we are far away from him devil loves to make you feel like you are far away from God. devil loves to make you feel like you don't deserve to pray or you don't deserve to seek. Or even as that that powerful moment of worship was happening earlier, the devil loves to bring up all the, well, you got this you got to worry about. Don't forget you got to take care of this after service is over. You know, ain't no point of getting lost in the presence of God when you got a laundry list of all these different things. Or no point of getting lost in the presence of God when this happened yesterday or this happened last month or they said this or she said that. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Amen be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, be in one body and one spirit as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. Verse 5, for the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, one Father, and He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. Verse seven, and he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace. So that I'm gonna say that again. He has generally given each of us supernatural grace. Supernatural grace, according to the size of the gift of Christ. Now skip down to verse eleven, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists. Some with grace to be pastors, some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to, watch this, this is the reason, this is our purpose. Their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own words of ministry. As they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. The New Living Translation, verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, comma the body of Christ. I love that because we can get lost and just think that, the, that their job is to build up the church. No, when Paul says their job is to build up the church, he's not talking about the four walls. He's talking about the body of Christ. We are the church. Somebody say, I am, church. I am the church. We are the body of Christ. The Bible refers to us as the body of Christ. It refers to us as the church. It refers to us as the bride and Jesus the groom. And no good groom leaves his bride alone. A good groom won't leave the bride alone. A good a good groom won't leave the bride at the altar. No, but good groom is and, and and I love this because Jesus says, "I go to prepare a place for you." A good a good groom is working on. Hey hey, I I got something cooking up. We went we 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 went on a date the other night, and the night before the date, Kelsey's like, "Where where are we gonna go?" You know, I don't know if she knew I actually had a I actually had a plan. She didn't know she didn't know her groom had a plan. And I said, do you want to know or do you want to be surprised? Well, I mean, I don't know. I can hear it in her voice. Like, Oh, I think he might be, you know, she don't want to get too excited. Don't want to get her hopes up too much. I, you know what? Go and tell me. I'm like, all right, girl. All right. We're going to go do this, this, this. I'm going to email you the waiver. And she's like, oh, we, oh this, this is, this is, we doing this. I said, yeah. I'm thinking a good groom goes ahead. Amen. Jesus goes ahead and prepares a place for us. See, so the verses that we read, the purpose of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher and the pastor is to equip God's people to do God's work, number one, to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12, 27 through 31. Watch this. Verse 27 says this right out the gate. You are the body of the anointed one. There it is. Somebody say, there it is. Ooh, there it is. All right. Watch this. And each of you is a unique, vital part of it. So stop believing the lies of the enemy right now. I, I, I didn't type this up. This is in the Bible. Watch this. You are the body of the only one. And each one of you, each of you is a unique and vital. You know what vital means? You are needed. Amen. You are needed a vital part of you you know you know what type of organs the doctor wants to save the vital organs you know what type of parts in the vehicle and the mechanic wants to repair the vital parts why? Because those are needed for life. Those are needed for function. Oh, I feel this. Those are needed for purpose. Those are, those are the things that the creator intended to put in you. And if you are a vital part of your community, if we are a vital part of this town, if you are a vital part of your family, if you are a vital part of the street you live on, then guess what? Stop believing the lies of the enemy that says you are not enough. Stop believing the lies of the enemy that says you aren't qualified. Because guess what? God didn't qua- He didn't call those that are called. He qualifies those that accept his call, amen? We are the body, and we are vital. Lindsay, there's only a few of us this morning. Guess what? That's a vital few in this room. There, there's no small parts, and we'll get to that scripture in a minute, but there's no small parts in the body of Christ. There is no small parts in the body of Christ, amen? Amen? Watch this as we keep going. God has placed in the church the following, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then those with gifts of miracles, gifts of divine healing, gifts of revelation knowledge, gifts of leadership, and gifts of different kinds of tongues. Not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Not everyone performs miracles or has gifts of healing or speaks in tongues or interpreted tongues. But you should all constantly boil over with passion. So watch this. If you don't have a certain gift, still boil over with passion. He said, Paul said, you may not have this gift, but you can have passion. You may not you may not have this, but you can have passion. He said, not just have any kind of passion, but let it boil over the type of passion and seeking the higher gifts. And now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond compassion. Amen. I love this. So let's go ahead and break this down. The first right out the gate, we'll start out with the apostles. Somebody say apostles. apostles. Now, during the series, we'll, we'll break each member down. We'll break each grace gift down. You got to look at them as grace gifts. Look them at them as gifts from, from the Father, Son, and Spirit. But today we're going to be talking about apostles. See, that word apostle in the Greek, it means sent forth. One that is sent forth. You know, nowadays, unfortunately, a lot of churches substitute the word apostle for the word missionary you know, because a missionary is one that is sent forth as well, sent forth to proclaim the gospel. However, there is there there is a uh, it's very important because we have to differentiate differentiate between the office of an apostle and someone who is sent forth to proclaim the gospel. Because, see, the office of an apostle, it's 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 one of apostolic authority given by Jesus. That position, it's demonstrated by signs and wonders. For the purpose of validating the gospel, establishing churches, and bringing people—I love this next part—and bringing people into the maturity of Christ. See, I love that last part: bringing people into the maturity of Christ. We everybody hoots over, uh, everybody hoots over the signs and wonders, miracles, miracles, miracles. You know, we all we all love that. Everybody hoots over the gospel being preached, but also the tedious work is the maturing of the body of Christ the maturing of the body of Christ, you know, maturity, it's, it's maturity isn't produced in the microwave. We said a few weeks ago, it's, it's cooked low and slow. Y'all remember that Friday? I was, I was reading meters in this, in, 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 uh, in, a in a part of town. We'll just leave it that in a part of town. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those that, you know, I, uh, I have a lot of mileage I have to walk, and they say pace yourself. But when I'm on this part of town, I ain't, I'm trying to get out of there. I'm just, I'm going. So I'm just, I'm beating my feet. And again, I get, and I'm two houses away from this overwhelming smell. And most houses have, in this neighborhood, have a distinct smell. But this one, it was a pleasant smell. I was like, when I was getting close, I was like, man, somebody, somebody cooking pork early this morning. I was like, as I'm getting closer, I read this gas meter, read the water meter, get on to the next house, read this. And as I get closer, I'm looking over, and I, there I see it. Long behold, on the side of the house, this person had, a, had a, one of those uh, smokers. Had a smoker, and it was sitting on the trailer. And I was like, woo, there it is, Lord. I said, there it is. And as I was getting close, I get a smell. I said, whoo. And this was, this was seven 730 in the morning. And surely he wasn't about to eat no barbecue in the morning, but I thought about the, ser- the sermon that we taught a few weeks ago, the low and slow. And I said, like, oh, this brother getting ready. He's going to have a good weekend. I said, if he's like me, he's going to be eating good all week, low and slow. And you know, I, at that house, I took my time at that meter. I squatted out, read that gas. I even double-checked it. make sure. I triple-checked it one more time just so I could soak in that aroma of that low and slowness. That I was like... And, you know, he, he walked out just to check and see what was going on. I said, just reading your meter. He said, oh, okay, okay. I said, brother, smells good. He said, oh, yeah, we're going to eat good. I'm thinking, y'all are, right, man. You know, if you're going to give me a call, holler at your boy. You know, I'll come help you finish it. But he was, he, because he was intentional about having a good meal, he realized that, hey, this, 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 this particular meat, it's going to have to mature and it's going to take a process. It's going to be low and slow maturity. It's slow and slow. Maturity, it's it's through the mundane moments. It's through the it's through the Tuesdays, the Mondays and the Tuesdays, you know, the beginning of the week when we're all just like, Lord, let me get to Friday. Lord can't wait to Friday. I mean, Friday, everybody's everybody's, oh thank you, Jesus. I mean TGIF. I mean, we thank God so much we named a restaurant after it. TGIF, I mean. Bless the hearts, I think they're almost out of business. So I guess they ain't TGIFing enough, you know. Whatever. <laughs> But on the Mondays and Tuesdays of your life, are we letting the Holy Spirit mature us? Amen. Amen. The apostle, that's one of the things that he does. He brings maturity to the body of Christ. Brings maturity. And you can, we won't read this, but if you take a notes, you can put this in there. Where we can see some of this is Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 2 and 7 through 8. But the Holy, or the Holy Spirit, excuse me, the, 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 the Lord brain's maturity and the the apostle brings maturity to the body of Christ. So still talking about the apostle in Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 and 20 in the New Living Translation, Paul says this. He says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens. Somebody say "Citizens." citizens along with all of God's holy people. So you're citizens with David, citizens with Elijah. You are right in the same company as, uh, as uh, Samson. You're right in the same company as Noah. I mean, we think about all these people, and we normally we put them on a pedestal. Normally we put them on all these different, we, we put this big, vast gap between us and them. But Paul says that we are citizens along with all of God's holy people, amen? Watch this. You are members of God's family. Verse 20. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. There it is. I'm going to say it again. Together, we are God's house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. So, again, once I said said earlier, but the, the office of the apostle is given The his authority is given by Jesus. His position is demonstrated by signs and wonders for the purpose of validating the gospel, establishing churches, and bringing maturity in Christ. So the apostle, literally what we read in verse 20, that we are God's house. We are built on the work of the apostle and the prophet. You got to think about it this way. You look at a house, and every house has a foundation. Every building has a foundation. Lord, today, when uh, the, 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 where the old Edson is, right beside, you know, New People's Bank, whatever people's bank it is, something kind of bank. And, you know, when they're, they're building whatever it is, every, everybody has their idea of what's going to be in there. Everybody's got the rumors. But I remember as they were, and they're still building it, but I'm like, you know, it felt forever. You know, they're digging up the dirt and, and laying all this other stuff. And I'm like, Lord, when they, like, come on, how long does it take to, to level out some dirt? When they're going to lay the foundation? When they're going to put the bricks on? When they're going to put the windows? On? You know, you, you, you know, if you're like me, drive by it every day. Like, come on, Lord, if it's going to be what we hope it's going to be, when they're going to get it ready? You know, in order for us to enjoy what we think is going to be, it's got to have a strong foundation, amen? And that's where the work of the apostle comes into place, laying in a strong foundation. But unfortunately, as humans, we tend to rank things. We love ranking things. You know, top five, top five songs, top five players, top five sports, or, you know, all these different things. And even in the church, for centuries, Christians have ranked or placed certain servants of the Lord on a pedestal or certain offices on a pedestal, when at the end of the day, all of them are gifts of grace by the Lord. Amen? Amen? That's one of the reasons we have Christian celebrities, is because we place certain servants of the Lord above everybody else. When we just read that we all are a vital part of the body. Amen. I know you don't want to think it. I know, Lindsay, that this doesn't sound good, but guess what? The same God that speaks to T.D. Jates speaks to you. The same God that gives Joe, uh, 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 we'll say Bishop Noel Jones because I like it. Like Bishop, the same God that gives wisdom to Bishop Noel Jones teaches you how to fit your car or teaches you how to get to a certain place. The same God that speaks to Jensen Franklin, the same God that directed Norval Hayes directs you. Amen. Come on. We all are part of, the, we are vital parts, vital parts vital parts that we now we don't we don't take this and become puffed up and be like well, shoot now I mean I'll be I'll be honest I've been guilty of you know putting placing certain Christians on a pedestal I remember I got blessed to work uh uh brother normal's birthday dinner one time it was last minute they you know just needed somebody to, to put the drinks out and set the cups and clean the cups or whatever so I'm going taking cups or whatever and I, I see some of the big wigs. I'm like you know, but I, I gotta act like I've been somewhere. So you know, I go and get the cup past past Joel's table, you know, you know, all right, cool. Mr. Houston, all right, uh, not Houston I, who I'm, th- I'm thinking of uh Osteen. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, cool, you know, and, and Silver, oh like, here you go, here you go. And as I walk back, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> It's like, oh my mama, mama ain't gonna believe this. It's like, oh seen him on TV. She would just listen to him the other day on the radio. There he is. Like, there he is, God. And, like, if if, if you knew the way the Bible college was, there was this door that went into the office. And uh, it had, <laughs> bless her heart, I don't know who did it, but somebody tinted the glass so you couldn't, if you're in the college room, you couldn't see into the office. But if you're in the office, you could see out. So they kept that door closed. But you know what? You couldn't see in the college what was going on in the office. But if you were in the office, you look in, you see my nose pressed against it, just... Watch it, watch it, watch it, just waiting. If I heard some, hey, hey, we need to bust that door open. Here, here you go. Yeah, all right. We're all guilty place of placing different people on pedestals. And listen, at the end of the day, your heart may be in the right place, but at the end of the day, you got to see yourself as just as vital as they are. Amen. God needs you. You know, God needs you to do what you do in this community. If he needed them in this community, he would have brought them. But you know what? He said, no, there's something in you that I, I want. That's something in you that he can use in Lexington. I, I want you to think about that for a minute. In this town, as much as we complain about it, as much as we roll our eyes on it, as much as we go through the mundanes of this county or this town, at the end of the day, what needs to happen in this town, God found it fitting to pluck you in here, to drop you in here, to place you in here. Amen. Well, Lindsay, I'm just visiting. Well, you may get you may get ready because hey, you, you don't visit anywhere accidental when you're in God's will. Amen? Right. Amen. Ah. So if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, then guess what? The whole Christian celebrity thing should be gone away. All right. If you if we've made the decision to follow Jesus, then we should be busy making Jesus' name famous, not our own. Amen. Amen. We're supposed to point people to Jesus and not ourselves. We are supposed to be pointing people to Jesus and not ourselves. Watch this. True North is all about finding people in the oceans of life and help them navigate in a direction that lands them at the heart of God. Not in a direction that lands them back at me. Not in a direction that lands them back at you, but in a a direction that lands them at the heart of God. Church, we have to start pointing back to Jesus. Everybody loves to point at their services. Everybody loves to point at all these different things. Look what we got. Uh, follow follow this, like, subscribe, all these different things. But when's the last time we just said, hey, what you got going on? I don't know. When, when's the last time we've been honest and just said, I don't know how to solve that, but I know the one who can solve it. Church, it's time we start pointing back to Jesus. You know what? Point your neighbors back to Jesus. Your children's teachers, point them to Jesus. The family that you don't want to be around, point them to Jesus. Amen? The diagnosis from the doctor, point that diagnosis back to Jesus. Strangers that we meet at the gas station or grocery store, point them to Jesus. Amen? Our coworkers and boss, point them to Jesus. At the end of the day, make Jesus so known. That when people see you, automatically they think of Jesus. Let, I mean, name drop the Lord so much that when people see you coming, all they can think about is, whoo, she about to talk to him about the glory of God. God. Versus, oh man, you know, I remember Miss Aletha, she used to do da-da-da-da. Versus, oh, here comes Miss Aletha, she about to talk to them about the glory of God. Make Jesus so known Praise that when people see you, they forget your name, all they can think about is, hey, they about to talk to him about the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen somebody say, we are, the body. we are the body. I love this because truly following Jesus. Now, this is a hard part to accept, but truly following Jesus is the opposite of the rich and famous. See, Paul said it this way in first Corinthians chapter four, verses nine through 13. And when this is a part of that, that, that we don't like so much, but verse nine, it says, instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display. Now, see, if we stop right there, oh, that's good. God put the apostles on display. Watch what Paul says. Like prisoners of war. Mm. Prisoners of war. that That's not good. He said, I feel like God's put us apostles on display like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade, condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and angels alike. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. But you claim to be so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. Even now we go hungry and thirsty, and we don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We are often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our own hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us, yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. See, truly following Jesus is the opposite of the rich and famous. And it's a hard pill to swallow, but I mean, even Jesus, one of the, we look in the scriptures, there was this one rich man that said, Lord, I want to follow you. And he says, well, the son of man has no place to lay his head. Which, you know, what that meant that. he's, hey, hey, what you're accustomed to, I don't have all that. And watch this. He didn't say, hey, I don't have a place to lay my head, but do you know somewhere where we can go? He didn't say that. He just said, hey, the Son of Man's got a place to lay his head. And he was okay with it. He was was okay with it. And we see the scripture that the man, yeah, no, that's not for me. And even Paul says that we bless those that curse us. We bless those that abuse us. We're patient with those that abuse. When, when's the last time you got patient with somebody that's mistreating you? Somebody started talking bad about you, you just, come on, keep it, keep it saying it. Come on, we don't do that. We don't do that. We, we get in the flesh real quick. would you say? Yes, yeah, sh- you better be glad I was saved. You better be glad I'm saved. You ever heard of the fivefold? Guess what? I heard Pastor Lisey say we're going to talk about the five-fold ministry. Guess what? Let me introduce you to the five-fold ministry. Fivefold, fivefold knuckle shuckle. We're instantly great at defending ourselves. All right, I tell you that. We're not great at defending ourselves. We're great at getting in the way of our defense. Jesus. We're great at getting in the way of our defense because Jesus promised us that he would be our defender. I mean, we sing about it. It's one of my favorite songs that Miranda sings. Hallelujah, you have saved me. So much better your way. The song doesn't say, so much better my way, because that would be Burger King, all right? And we see what's happening with Burger King in this town. Ain't nobody going to Burger King. They had their way long enough. At the end of the day, your way has an expiration date, but God's way is eternal. Ooh, your way has an expiration date, but God's way is eternal. Put that on a shirt. But guess what? If we we're going to follow Jesus, then we have to be comfortable with everybody not knowing our names. You got to be comfortable with nobody liking you all the time. You got to be comfortable with if you post something online and only have one or two lights. You got to be comfortable with and know if on a Sunday everybody goes to their separate ways and nobody invites you out to. You got to be comfortable with in the middle of the week not receiving a phone call, from, not receiving twenty phone calls from twenty people clapping you up. You have to be comfortable with knowing that even if it is silent on this side of heaven, on the other side of heaven, all of heaven is cheering me on. You got to be comfortable with being not known by everybody, but being known by the only one that matters. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. Somebody say, we are, we are the body. I've been excited about this series, but so how does this relate to us? Somebody say, how does this relate to me? Relate to so I love it because here in Lexington, here in Lexington alone, now we're now, yes, we are called to change the world. I agree. We are called to change the world. Uh, you know, I heard this one youth pastor say years ago, years ago, years ago, that, you know, we, you know, everybody loves to dream of the, I want to go out and change the world. When sometimes God calls you just to set up a base and change the world from that base. And I never forgot that because the moment she said that I was, it was my first year of Bible college. So the moment she said that I thought about this right here and I, well, I don't even think I told Kelsey that. But the moment she told me that I thought about this right here and I was like, set up a base and change the world. So, yes, we're called to change the world, but right now, here in Lexington, we focus in our backyard. We're going to change our backyard. We're going to change our county, amen. We're going to change our town. We're going to, we're going to change right up the road. We're going to change our surrounding areas, amen. And as we, as we infect, as we transform Henderson County, as we transform Lexington for the glory of God, it'll flow to the next counties and to the next states, and to the next side, the next time zones to the point that it just spreads. Amen? Amen. But here in Letson people are wanting something real than more than what the churches in this town and county have been offering. Right. I was telling I was telling mom and Kelsey the other day, but I've had multiple people. I even uh, got to interact with a classmate the other day. but I've had multiple people messaging me just about their their spiritual hunger for more. And how they have not been satisfied how they have not found this or not met with that and when they present questions people uh, people that are older than them or people that are over in leadership just kind of silence them or say oh you don't don't be thinking about that you know we, we've done it this way just just keep like but lindsay I, I i feel like i'm called to do more or or these are the problems that i see in her but nobody wants to address it i'm like i, I understand Multiple people are, or and it's not just a young person thing, but it's a it's a all ages thing. Everybody loves to say, well, it's just it's just this generation or it's just that age group. No, it's all. Everyone is affected. Watch this. When a decision is made in the White House, every age is affected. Every age group is affected. One age group may receive it more, but as the next people come up, as, they, as people grow older, they receive all that. Every age group is affected by one decision of leadership, amen? amen. Every decision, is, every group is made. So understand this, in a town where people are spiritually hungry, we got to give them the water that will cause them to never thirst again. We got to introduce them to the bread that once they partake of it, they will never hunger anymore. They will never thirst anymore. We got to introduce them to the manna, to the bread of life, the water of life, amen, the fountain that never runs dry. We have to introduce them. We have to, well, you know, and, and we live in a town now where even though everybody's spiritually hungry, for some reason this town thinks that another vape shop is the answer or another liquor store. Literally, we got a bull. Uh, I'm not trying to put on blast, but we have a. a Brand new, uh, what is it? Billboard advertising brand new liquor store in two locations, and listen, this is how church I am. I'm driving by and I see it. I'm like, yeah, y'all think those spirits gonna work? That's you don't need those spirits. You need the Holy Spirit. Amen. And of course, Keenan's like, what'd you say, Daddy? I said this town needs the Holy Spirit. Keenan's like, that's right, Holy Spirit. I say, yeah, you was drinking the wrong spirits, but you need the Holy Spirit. And even though I was joking, the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, that's truth. And I said, oh, Lord, it is true. In a town, we need the Spirit of God. We need to be coming and beholding the beauty of the Lord. In this town, this town is full of people that need to that need to behold the beauty of God and find how fascinating He is. Find out how captivating He is. Find that He is the answer to their addictions. Find out that He is the answer to when the the when uh, they have a miscarriage or find out that He is the answer to a bad diagnosis. Find out that He is the answer when they go bankrupt or find out that He is the answer when they lose their job unexpectedly. We live in a town where people are seeking answers and we are worshiping the truth answer. So at the end of the day, it is our job. Guess what? The foundation has been laid. It is our job to go out and start to introduce people to Jesus. It is our job to go out and start pointing people to Jesus. Hey, what's, you know, there's a reason people tell you their problems. There is a reason people talk to you, church. There, I can every individual in this room. There is a reason that people talk to you at the senior center. There is a reason that parents talk to you at Montessori. There is a reason that when you go into Walmart and you find that one person, there is a reason that they unload and just dump everything, not because you have a sign that says, hey, tell me your life story, but because the Spirit of God is in you. And guess what? The Bible says that the Spirit of God will draw all men back to him. So there is something in you, Drawing every individual in this county, wake up and start doing your job and pointing people back to Jesus. Stop just collecting the information and putting it on the shelf, but start putting your apron on and getting your hands dirty and going to work. Yes. Years ago, I said we got to put our aprons on, and guess what? We put it on, but we just kind of sat down. You mm-hmm. know, you ever cook something and you know it's such a long meal that you have to take a break? Well, guess what? We took a break, mm-hmm. but we never got back up. We washed our hands, cleaned it up, and pulled out our phones and started scrolling and seeing what everybody else in the county is doing. But it's time that we put our aprons on. Amen? Amen. It's time we put our aprons on. Listen, when it comes to this, we know who is the real deal. It's not religion, but it's Jesus. We know who the real deal is, and it's Jesus, not religion. Somebody say, we are the body. I don't know if anybody's ever been hunting before. I've never been hunting. Okay. I know what you probably thinking, so like, been hunting. No, never been hunting. I had a coworker try to give me who's the the plane was, was actually gonna go this October, but you know, I'm no longer there. So ha 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 Yeah, he kinda scared me, so I'd I'd rather go with Uncle Johnny, you know, somebody I know, loves, looks like me. There we go. You know. <laughs> But, you know, if you've ever been hunting or talked to taught somebody about hunting, there's this thing called a, a, a pointing dog, an appointing dog. Now I actually discovered this back when I was delivering the mail because I come across them. But a pointing dog, you know, point? it's super, it's going to blow your mind. You know what a pointer dog is? They point. When the, when, the, when the prey is killed, they see it, they go and find it, and then they literally direct whoever they're with to where it is. It. Watch this. Through every means of their body. If you look it up, it says that the dog will literally freeze. His tail will point straight and his head will point another. He'll bark. But he's using every muscle. Watch this. I'm going to preach this. He's using every muscle in his body to point everybody that he's with in the direction they need to go. Guess what, church? You are, you are called to be like that. You are supposed to be using every resource, every brain cell, everything, every, watch this, everything you learn from your past, every rumor that's been said about you, everything that God has allowed you to overcome. You take all that and you point people in the direction that they should be going, which is the direction that lands them at the heart of God. You take every mistake, every rumor, every bad diagnosis, every nail, every thorn in your side. You take it all. Every every rose, every applause, and you point people to Jesus, amen? That's what we do as the body. We point people to Jesus, not point people to traditions, not point people to religions, not point people to ourselves, not point people to uh, to the beehives and the long skirts. We point people to Jesus. Let me remind you, you are the city that's set on a hill, You are the city that's set on a hill. You are the city that's set on a hill. Therefore, don't be tempted to put on a show and go after people's likes and applause. You are a city that's set on a hill. Therefore, guess what? You are on purpose, noticed by everybody. You cannot, you cannot go unnoticed. If you are following Jesus, there's no sliding through. There's no skating by. There's no laying low. There's no low key when it comes to Jesus. You are a city set on a hill. All eyes are on you. Lindsay, I ain't Tupac. Guess what? You ain't got to be Tupac. All eyes are on you. Some of y'all get that one on maybe next week. But all eyes are on you. Amen. So while I while so while all eyes are on you while you have everybody's attention point them to Jesus While you have their attention, point them to Jesus. While you have their attention, point them back to hope. While you have their attention, help them get rid of their, uh, point them back to the person that can heal them from their trauma and their drama and all the hurt and all the pain and all the suffering and all the anxiety. Point them to the person that will pick them up and turn them around and set their feet on solid ground. Point them to the person that can do all that. Church, let me remind you, not only are you a city set on a hill, but you are you are a lamp on a lampstand meant to shine and expose the darkness in every corner, in every nook and cranny. You are a lamp on a lampstand, eliminating the darkness, spaces, and corners in this town and country. I'm going to say it again. You are a lamp on a lampstand, illuminating, illuminating through the gospel, illuminating through the presence of God. And exterminating every dark corner, every dark space, every dark work of the dark. Lord you are, you are you are you're literally shining the gospel shining the gospel there's no space in this town that should be void of the presence of God no space because you are a vital part of the body of Christ so therefore guess what there's no space that is that should be void of the presence of God Do you know what that means that means South Haven that means Beaver that means Barganton. That means Westover. That means, that means Southside. That means Kwood. That means LMS. That means LHS. That means Scotts Hill. That means, watch this, wait, let's get to the nitty gritty. That means Little Acorn. That means learn a lot. That means PK Kids. That means Imagination Station. Oh, Lord, help those at Esther's Montessori. That means Esther's Montessori. That means the post office. That means the Dodge Store. That means Walmart. That means Big Cats. That means co-op. That means Sonic. That means every fire station. That means the police station. That means the courthouse. That means the mayor's office. That means every street, every back road, every alley, the movie theater. There should be no space in this town no space in this county that you can't go in the spirits the presence of God why because there are vital parts of God's body illuminated and being that city on a hill illuminated and being the lamp on the lampstand and pointing people like a pointer dog pointing people with everything in their body to the direction that lands hurting people and sick people and twisting people at the heart of God at the heart of God We have a kingdom agenda. We have a kingdom agenda, not our agenda. Because, see, the kingdom agenda, it invites everybody. I love the kingdom agenda. Most people don't like the kingdom agenda. We say we love the kingdom agenda, but really the kingdom agenda, it invites everybody. It invites those that are, if you're tatted up. Here's what the kingdom agenda says. If you're tatted up, you're welcome here. If you have piercings from head to toe, you're welcome here. If you're struggling with your own identity, come in, we'll point you to Jesus. He can help with that. If you're a Republican or Democrat, it don't matter. Come in and subscribe to the Lion and the Lamb party. He'll direct you in the in the in the way and the decisions that you need to make. Both sides of the fence, let me show you Jesus. He can help you with that. You don't know your purpose in life? We'll point you to Jesus. He can help you with that. Let me remind you, we are about the kingdom of not our own and watch us the kingdom agenda doesn't have just one it it does have one central uh, figure and that's Jesus I was going to say it doesn't have one central figure why because it shares the ball yes it shares the ball amongst us but there is one central figure and his name is Jesus see in our own agenda we're the hero in our own agenda we're the we're you know we're the we're the main character in our, own, in our own agenda, we're the narrator, the main character, the side character, all we, we everything. But in the kingdom agenda, it's Jesus and Jesus only. It's God's will. And guess what? And we all know this, but Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I only do what I've seen the Father do. So if it's about Jesus, then it's about the Father. And the Father is lifting his name, lifting his son Jesus. So I mean, it just goes nice and round in this perichristal circle. But the kingdom agenda, it's about Jesus. Let me remind you by rereading the verse that we just read earlier, Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. So now you Gentiles, which means everybody that's not a Jew, are no longer strangers and foreigners. Mm. Now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. Church, therefore, we can't turn people away anymore. You can't turn people away anymore. Watch this. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his what? House. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Watch this. Just like an apostle in the the natural realm, God has built you brick by brick. See, the apostle is responsible for laying the foundation of the body of Christ. Just like the apostle... God is God does the same work. He he lays the foundation in your life. In fact, Jesus is your cornerstone. You have been built brick by brick. I remember Tennessee UT back a while back when we had coach, um, I can't even think of his name. that, that says a lot. We've been through so many coaches. But there's this one Farm Bureau commercial. And literally, it was it was the corniest commercials ever. But it shows the UT coach. He's 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 building the he's if you've ever seen in the nice neighborhoods, the mailbox that has the brick laid around it. And he's he's putting the brick on it, and uh, this little kid comes up to coach, and I'm like, oh my gosh! But at the same time, like, I would have been that kid, depending on how much they paid me in the commercial. Hey, coach, what are you doing? He said, building it brick by brick. And you know, of course, I took the internet by storm. I'm like, oh my, God. you know, where's he at now? He took all his bricks with him. I don't know. <laughs> but when it comes to us, you the you are being built brick by brick. You have not been built brick by brick. Why? Because it is a constant renewing. It is a daily work. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but honestly, the renewing and the, and the reforming and the shaping that God is doing in your life, it is a lifelong process. You are daily being built. And the good thing about the Holy Spirit is as you're being built, literally, he's scraping away that old. He's taking away that old and he's sh- if you've, ever, if you've ever applied Brits, I mean, you gotta, it's got to be a clean slate, and then they lay the, the little glue or whatever it's called down and then put the brick upon it, clean the next brick. It's, it's a content. <laughs> That's what he's doing in your life. Sometimes it may feel like, Lord, why am I going through this agony when really he's just purifying and wiping off all that excess. So there's a clean slate so he can apply himself. And guess what? Brits, they need pressure to stick. They need pressure to stick. They need pressure and they need that heat from the sun, (laughs) from the sun, S-U-N, but we can call it S-O-N. You need that. It's time we start pointing people back to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listen, the apostle is given to us to equip us, to edify us, but also not just us. This is what God does in our life. He equips you. He edifies you. He is perfecting you. Watch this for everything that you are purposed to do. Lindsay, I don't know everything on purpose, Duke. I don't either, but he does. Therefore, he knows how he needs to equip us. He knows how he needs to edify us. He knows the type of things that he needs to give us, the type of tools that he needs to give us in our life. Amen? Amen. Let me say this. Trust your heavenly builder. Thank you. Trust your heavenly builder. Amen? Somebody say it with me. Trust the heavenly builder. Let me close with this. I, uh, for most part, in every Sunday in this series, this is the scripture we'll end with because it, it just it ties it all together. Even though we'll talk about every office in the in the in the body, but Ephesians chapter four verse thirteen, Paul says this. He says these grace ministries. What are these grace ministries? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor and teacher. It's the grace ministries in Ephesians four thirteen. He says they will function. Until we all attain oneness into the faith. So therefore, the, you know, there, there, there's a big movement. I don't know if you knew this. I, I discovered it as I was looking at as I was researching. But there's this movement of, and it's a certain denomination, where they believe that the office of the apostle is no more. There's no more apostle. There, I, it, it blew my mind to think that for God to create something and then that it have an expiration date. You know, when we, when we phrase it like that, we're like, well, Lindsay, yeah, that makes sense. God, God, well, God makes, I mean, he, if God's not going to put an expiration date on his creation. But there is a movement right now where people believe that the apostle is no more. There's no more apostles. But in chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says, These grace ministries, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God and watch this, and until we, and finally, we become one into a perfect man with the dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Once that happens, those gifts will be no more. But that's, we are far, far from that. You can turn on the news and see that nobody is in unity. There is no unity in this country. We can, we could can go on the message boards for our town and there's not a whole lot of unity. There's, there's unity on Friday nights when it's the football game. There's unity when, you know, there's unity and people complaining about the bypass. I'm guilty of that. There's unity in when we complain about no restaurants open on Mondays or Tuesdays, the weirdest thing ever. No unity when, when the decent restaurants are closed on Sundays. Or there's unity when the decent restaurants are closed on Sundays. We, we all have unity in the wrong things. What's furthermore proves that, guess what? God's grace ministries, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, they're here to stay. But they're here to stay to equip us until we can get to where we are all on one accord in spiritual maturity. Amen. So therefore, if if we are far from that, if that's that's our finish line, that's that's the finish line for the believer to where we are all on one accord in spiritual unity, spiritual maturity. Amen. So watch that. That's the finish line. If that's the finish line, therefore, we have work to do. That's our goal for Lexington and for the rest of the world. It's, it's not impossible for God. It's not impossible for everybody to get on one accord. It's not impossible for everybody to, to, be, to attain oneness in the faith. It's not impossible for us to experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. It's not impossible for everybody to, to place their face upon, the, upon Jesus and find out how fascinating he is, find out how captivated. It's not impossible. Therefore, we have work to do. We have work to do. Lindsay, I don't know where to begin. Awesome, the equipper does. The equipper knows where you need to begin. Lindsay, I don't know what to say. Awesome, the edifier does. He knows how to edify you just right. He knows how to to give you the right type of tools. Listen, when, when he created Adam and Eve, literally they were gardening. Okay, he knows all about the right type of tools you need. If you've ever done work in a garden, I have not and I don't like to. Every time, you know, before we moved here, when Kelsey was like, hey, I want to get a flower garden or I want to do some kind of garden. I, in my head, I'm like, Lord, let her find a friend that can help her with that. I don't like doing that. And then the Lord is probably laughing back then because now I have a job where I'm in the dirt and I got to dig and all and It's Like, ah, and I've gotten used to it. But I get paid to do that. Having a personal garden, I don't get paid to do that. So I don't want to do that. But God knows all about the right type of tools you need Amen. to shine his light at work, at the family reunion, or even at even on the phone with a with with whoever it is, or even at work, or even at school, or even randomly as you're pumping gas in the gas pump, or even randomly as you're shopping for groceries, or as you're at the mechanic shop getting your vehicle fits when we're not in the greatest mood because we're having to dish out money, he knows the right type of tools. The Bible says Paul said it best. He said, "There's there's some that will sow, there were some that will." Water. There were some that will come, and it's but do all these different things. Each person has a role. At the end of the day, as long as God gets the harvest, that's the finish line. That's the finish line. And we said we said it when we first got here that we need to be committed to advancing the kingdom of God. Once we advance the kingdom of God, we'll see we'll see it as a byproduct our house become full. Once we start focusing and showing that, and we, I do say this, we have some we have some nice things that we're working towards and working on that pushes us back into the community, not just saying, "Hey, come look at our church," but saying, "No, hey, is there something you need? We don't have all the money, but what what did they say about the silver, gold? We don't have, but I got something better. I got the power." Of the great creator. I got the power that raised Jesus from the dead. I got the same power. That same power, it lives in me. And it can break every chain. Spiritually, metaphorically, and mentally. It can, and physically, it can break the chains that are binding you. It can, it can destroy and eradicate addiction. It can heal your broken heart. It can restore hope, even if you've lost a child. It can restore a marriage, even if you think it's on the verge and won't ever be restored. It can bring love back. I have perfect love living in me. Do you need that? We were created for community. We were created for one another. One relationship at a time.